0: Hey guys, welcome to Storehouse Media. We're so excited to have you joining us this week. Our heartbeat is biblical doctrine, so we are here as a resource to provide the gospel and biblical teaching and how those two things are inseparable. Join us every week as we tackle different topics regarding faith, life, and truth, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode.
1: Hey guys, Storehouse Media. We are back, me and Gamma. Uh, Israel and the Tech Tables, as we established last week, that is what we're calling them now, and we're pretty excited about it. Um, We're also very excited for this episode, and we're very excited for feedback from you guys as well, because that has always, always, always been very encouraging to get y'all's feedback and to get y'all's questions uh, and even some of your concerns, man, when, when stuff is said that you maybe didn't fully understand or that even you disagreed with, right? Yeah. Like that's your, it's okay to challenge us on yeah. some stuff. We're cool with that. Um, yeah, so we don't know everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, keep that stuff coming. Um, so we appreciate it. Um, but anyway, today we are talking about love. You said right? that so
0: lovely. Oh, I had to.
1: I mean, it's a day. For us recording right now, it's the day after Valentine's yeah, it's day, day, right? the day after Valentine's Day. So you guys are going to hear this a week after Valentine's Day, but that's okay. Uh, we are recording the day after Valentine's Day, and we are talking about love. I will clarify, uh, the goal is not <laughs> Valentine's Day, right? That's yeah. not really, it's
0: not, we're not necessarily talking about romantic love uh, we're not so he- much. We're not here to tell you who your future wife is going to be or right. who your future husband I mean, if you want to know the will of God... We got a couple. Was we got it, a podcast. That, that was last the last week. one. Yeah, yeah last, last week. week Man, get podcast. on that. If y'all haven't listened to it, shame <laughs> on you. Uh,
1: now, but we're going to talk about love today, and our honestly, like you know, we're going to have like a, a verse. We'll throw out at the front end, but then we're really going to kind of stick in First Corinthians thirteen to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but the verse in the front end is going to be from Romans chapter twelve verse nine, and the Apostle Paul says this as bluntly as humanly possible. And Gamma, will you have NLT ready? Do you have it ready? Yeah, I got it right uh, here. In ESV, Paul says this, let love be genuine. Now, in the in the NLT, you're going to get that word
0: genuine kind of expounded on. So, God, will you share that with us real quick? Yeah, Romans 12, 9 in NLT says, don't just pretend to love mm. others, really love them. Man,
1: in other words, when Paul says, let love be genuine, he's not saying fake it till you make it. He's yeah. not saying put on a smile and act like you love people when in reality you hate them. Yeah. He's saying actually, truly love them. Pretending is not going to pass, right? Yeah. And you may. You may love – you like you may trick us, right? You may make us think that you love people or you may have your pastor think that you're loving people. But the Lord sees your heart and he sees your motive and you will be judged for it. Yeah. And so as we go through this podcast today on love, knowing that the commandment – I mean if you really think about it, the whole law – is summed yeah. up in one commandment. Yeah. Love, love. Right? Love God and love people. Like yep. uh Philippians one nine, Paul's prayer for the Philippian church is that their love would abound. Yeah. He doesn't say love toward anyone. Yeah. Love. Why? Because if your love toward God is abounding, your love toward people is abounding. Yeah. And so the commandment biblically is that we love and yeah. that it be real love and not fake love. Yeah. So man, we're gonna call, you know, there's gonna be some calling out on this one, obviously, and there should be. Yeah. Um, but before we really move forward with kind of going through this, I, wanted, I want to look at something really quick because when we're talking about love, we're talking about from the Bible uh, and uh, the New Testament specifically, you know, for this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and in Greek, in Koine Greek, which is what the New Testament was written in, there was four Greek words for love. And that's pretty important to know because – for us, we have kind of one word for love and depending on your, you know, your, and and this was uh, the case for me, depending on my childhood and and early development, love was a very, um, sexual word. Yeah. It was very difficult for me, especially like I had a lot of trouble with, if a guy said, I love you like that really messed me up, you know? Uh, and so I remember a, a, a counselor one time asking me, he said, well, does it bother you when it says Jesus loves you? And I'm like, Yes. It does mm. because to me, there's this weird erotic sense um. to it, right? And so I had read this book by C.S. Lewis called The Four Loves. Yeah. Uh, and in it, he defines the four loves in Greek. And so you have uh, uh, the four different Greek words. What First would be Storge, second would be Phileo, the third would be Eros, and then the last one is Agape. Yeah. Uh, storge is. Pre- Parental love, right? The way yeah. that a father or a mother loves their child. Phileo is brotherly love. Hence, we get Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Yeah. Uh, and then eros, which is erotic love, right? It's yeah. the love of sexual passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lastly, agape. And agape is charity love. Yeah. And from a biblical standpoint, it's not that these other, other three loves don't have their context in the Bible, but... When we're looking at Romans 12, 9, and when we're looking at 1 Corinthians 13, and all the commandments in the New Testament to be loving each other, Mm -hmm. agape is always the word used. Yeah. Right? And so it's a charity love. And so our focus today will be agape. Yeah. It'll be agape. And I love, uh, neither of us got the King KJV pulled out, the old King James, (laughs) but I actually like the way that the King James Translates the word agape because it uses the word charity. Mm. Right? And charity is such a beautiful word for it It because charity never expects something in return. It's always outward. Correct. And so, and with that, I want to make sure and clarify something really quickly based on another C.S. Lewis quote really quick. I want to read the quote and then explain what I mean by this. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote an essay called The Weight of Glory. If you can handle c.s lewis literature and i don't mean like his fiction uh but his actual like more academic styles of writing his apologetic work Mm -hmm. uh man the weight of glory is a short essay that is so beautiful but in it he's got this quote very popular it was actually the quote that i would argue changed john piper's life oh wow yeah um so he says this in the weight of glory. He says, "If there lurks in most modern minds the notion that the desire, uh, that to desire our own good, and to earnestly hope for the enjoyment of it is a bad thing, I submit that this notion has crept in from from Kant and the Stoics, and is no part of the Christian faith. Indeed." If we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us like an ignorant child who goes about making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant uh, by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We're far too easily pleased. Yeah. Now, when he says this, the context of it, if you see in the beginning, this notion that to desire our own good and to earnestly hope for the enjoyment of it is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. We have this idea, and what he says earlier in the essay is that if you ask most modern men what love meant, they would say selflessness. Mm. But he said, if you see what we've done is we've replaced something very positive with something negative, Mm. as though... The idea is that if I do good for you without getting any enjoyment out of it myself, then I actually, it's more noble that way. Like it's more, you know, it's more virtuous. Yeah. But from a biblical standpoint, Paul rejoiced yeah he received great amount of joy. all the apostles rejoiced in being able to serve and love others right yes. Agape is charity in other words it, it I don't do things for you thinking now you owe me yeah but I definitely do things for you in service knowing that in doing that I'm going be I, it, I'm going rejoice in doing it right yeah. and that I believe, is when Paul says, let love be genuine, Yeah, I believe he means that when you're loving others,
0: you should be rejoicing and doing it because of what it is. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, I think that if you are doing something like an act of kindness or you're doing something loving, but you have no enjoyment out of it, like it's not even to question whether that's a good thing or bad thing. I think it goes to the root, which is it genuine or not genuine? Right. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, if you're doing something and it's not genuine, then I would say just don't do it at all yeah. uh, because charity love is more than just, okay, you got to do it. Because imagine if we did everything for everyone and we got nothing in return. Right. We'd be miserable people, yeah. and we, w- we could never achieve a love that is genuine. Yeah. Therefore, the Lord has given us the opportunity and the privilege to enjoy pleasure yeah. and to have enjoyment in the things that we do. I mean, I'm sure Jesus was rejoicing whenever Ooh. he was washing the disciples' feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. honestly, we have to have that same attitude that we'd be willing to do. Honestly, some of the most embarrassing things. I mean, in today's culture. I mean, it's a disrespect when you got to wash somebody's feet because yeah. their feet are everywhere. Yeah. But if it, if you can find joy and enjoyment out of there, one that tells you that it was genuine, mm-hmm. and two, it's just it's agape love. Yeah. That's what agape love is. Yeah. is being able to do it without expecting anything in return. Absolutely.
1: Turn. And I just can't. I can't imagine why it would make sense that loving someone is serving them miserably.
0: Yeah, that could not. I think if
1: I love somebody, I'm going to love serving them. I'm going to enjoy serving yes. them. Yes. Right? Like yep. So it just seems silly to suppress our emotions of joy and enjoyment yeah. because of the idea of, of agape or charity. Yeah. Uh. So to clarify, when we talk about love – uh, we are not talking about this self martyrdom, um, sacrifice of all my emotion. Yeah. To, that's just silly.
0: I mean, um, it, another point I just thought of is like, if that were the case, then what would it mean to us, Jesus dying on the cross, if he did it miserably? Yeah. We wouldn't have considered right. that love. We would have just known that he did it for us. Like, yeah. But it would not have been, I don't think he'd ever define it as love. No. But the word God says that. For God so loved the world that he did that. And yeah. Out of it, he found pleasure, yeah. both the Father and the Son. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, yeah. that for the joy set before him, he endured the shame of the cross. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like Jesus was skipping to the cross. I mean, he's about to bear the wrath of the Father, but the joy <laughs> in laying down his yeah. life for others, right, in yeah. serving others. So all that being said, uh, love is not this, this false idea of selflessness that's crept in from uh, Kant and the Stoics and so know that but secondly when we talk about love we're it, it's also not just making people comfortable and happy no nope. right that's not what love is um, as most of you guys know I you know I have addiction issues I, d- I do and so let me tell you how you're not loving me you're not loving me by providing drugs for me mm. right you're destroying yeah. me yeah that's hatred that's not love
0: but that makes you comfortable
1: right it would make me very comfortable yeah. right if I'm if I'm sad or depressed or feeling lonely, then yeah. yeah, that's something that that crosses my mind, right? And then, mm-hmm. yeah, it would, it would, yeah, you know. Fortunately, as a believer, the Lord would also <laughs> convict me very strongly <laughs> on that. But the fact of the matter is, yeah, you just because some someone feels comfortable with something or feels happy with it, yeah. you could also be destroying them by giving them
0: or providing that for them. I mean, think about it like this too. In my case, like let's say I'm going through some sin let's say i'm going through some spiritual warfare whatever i'm going through and i am going through a lot like enough to say i should not be serving in ministry right. at least for the time being yeah but i tell you daniel i say man i'm going through so much i keep falling to the same sin. I'm, I'm living in sin right now but i just love going every sunday and teaching because that's my my escape i just right. love doing it yeah for you to tell me Go ahead, keep doing it, because that's what's that's what's helping you in this. That's not love. No, because your your judgment is going to be stricter as a teacher. Exactly, man. exactly, and, and you knowing that yeah. and not telling me that that's would not, not be love. loving no, at all. That's hatred, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm
1: looking for your destruction. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, if we're going to define love, we have to define it from the Bible. Right, Scripture is what's going to give us a clear – because we're talking about agape. yeah. Uh, and so a, as mentioned earlier, we're going to use 1 Corinthians 13 in yeah. order to, to define love. But to do that, we need to put love in contrast to deeds or to, to works because this is – and now I'm going, to, I'm going to preface with this. I have not read the book, and so please don't think I'm hating on it. But Bob Goff wrote a book called Love Does. Mm. And I agree, love does do. But love first is a state of being. Love before is. it is doing. Yes, love, love is before, is before, before it love does. does. Absolutely. Yeah. So we need to clarify that because, it's, and again, Bob Goff may clarify it. I'm not saying he doesn't. Yeah. But I'm just saying for my people out there who know that book are grabbing onto that concept and aren't reading the book, kind of like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be fooled by that, right? Yeah. And and you know you hear people that say things like, "Well, faith is action." Well, no faith is before it does you know yeah. what I mean faith is faith is a state of believing before it is a state of acting because we believe we do
0: yeah and
1: so we can't be so superficial to just think that everything is just action yeah right because mm-hmm. love can be act, you can be acting without being genuine oh yeah so let love be genuine is the prefacing verse uh, and so as we get to first Corinthians 13 setting some context first Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, Paul is really emphasizing a lot on the working of the spiritual gifts inside the body of Christ, right? Yeah. Inside the church. And then what he's going to do is as he's going through the gifts and how they have their role and how they do their thing and, and what their purpose is to be used, you get to the last verse in chapter 12 where he says... So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Why? Because the goal is to build the body of Christ up. Yeah. However, he says, but now let me show you a way of life that is the best of all. And he's going to transition. And that's where chapter 13 comes in chapter 13 is prefaced with right i know we see chapter breaks paul didn't write it with chapter breaks. no he did not and so paul goes straight from let me show you the best of all into
0: this this idea of charity this agape yeah i bet you if he was if he were saying this he would have said it he would have taken a, a deep breath
1: uh, yep. Oh. And then he said chapter thirteen. Man, you know he's going into it. He was going into yeah, it. Yeah. He's ready because you had the, the first Corinthians, or the, the church in Corinth, if you read earlier in the book, like what y'all were talking about Sunday night, yeah. man, they were strongly rebuked for being very carnal, very non-spiritual. Oh, yeah. They were yeah. living in almost enjoying their sinful nature more they were envious and and selfish and selfish ambition and and they were lifting themselves up over other people thinking that certain gifts made them more holy than other people yeah all this stuff and so Paul's coming in you have to understand he's fixing to correct the Corinthian church with this concept of love yeah and so when we talk about the gifts they are great but love is better And I personally, knowing that I've been gifted for years now, especially in teaching and preaching, and have lacked love... For years now, Mm. I would rather take all those years off, take me off the stage. Let me develop in love. I was too young to be put up there my faith. Mm. Let me be developed in love so that when I get up and teach, I'm legitimately concerned for the souls of my hearers Mm. and not for a bigger stage and a bigger audience. Right? Yeah. The Lord had to ground me into fine dust (laughs) before I got to that point. But look at what Paul says. Look at what Paul says when he talks about being uh, gifted in the spirit and doing all these deeds, but having the absence of love. And having that in mind yeah. whenever we read this. Look at what he says at the beginning of chapter 13. What does it look like to have gifts but not have love? You're a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal is what he says in verse 1 of chapter 13. Yeah. What is that? that you know what that is? Annoying. Yeah. That's annoying. It's obnoxious. loud. Yes. It's obnoxious. It's annoying. It's not anything that you want to be. And it's not something that other people would want around. Yeah. Right. And so without love, you can have all the spiritual gifts you want. Yeah. You're nothing but annoying. Yeah. You're nothing but rubbing people under the skin. Right. And it's not even the, the worst part is you get people that don't have love that are very gifted in teaching, but when people are rubbed the wrong way and don't like that person, they're like, oh yeah, I'm being, you know, I'm being hated for Christ's name. I'm like, no, you're being hated because you're hateful,
0: right? You're just a
1: jerk. And so we don't want to be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. So please, young brothers and sisters, if you have the gift of exhortation, teaching, whatever, man, make sure you're loving first, right? But then secondly in verse 2 and I really love this one. I'm going to read verse 2. Yeah. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have all faith as to as to remove mountains but I have not love I am nothing. Now that's important because in certain realms the power of faith is what they think, like being the most anointed, yeah. right? The higher the anointing, the greater I am. And and they lift themselves up. Paul says, listen, if you had prophetic powers, if you understood all mysteries, and if you had all knowledge, and if you had all faith so great that you could remove mountains like what Jesus talks about in Matthew 6, not 16. Uh, twenty. I don't remember. If you had twenty-one, uh, if you yeah. had faith the size of mustard seed, you could say it's mountain he'd, he'd, B. Yeah, he's referencing that. And but then look what he says: if you can do all those things, but you don't have love, what's your rank? Nothing. 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 You are nothing if you do
0: not have love. And it do doesn't do, matter. And do you know what? Us as humans, we're willing to settle. Yes. For someone that can move a mountain, I'm speaking on such. Um, literary terms. Yeah. We're willing to settle for someone that could move a mountain than for someone who shows the love of Christ yes. in our lives. Yes, there's a so there's a podcast
1: that I would strongly recommend to everybody listening, other than Storehouse Media, because you know, you know. You gotta listen to that. Uh, <laughs> but there's a podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, yeah. and it's about Mark Driscoll and the whole rise of his church and the fall of it, and in it. In the intro, actually, the intro song in every single episode, yeah. they talk about how people would rather raise up a narcissist to be their leader, right? Mm, and it's true. Yeah. We're always like, oh, my gosh, look how powerful they are, and they don't yeah. care about anything. And we want to lift them up on this stage, Yeah, and they lack love. They lack love. Dr- especially Mark Dra I mean, that dude, I'm, I'm not saying that to hate, man, yeah. but if you, you follow that that podcast, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, But anyway, man, you have all the power in the world. yet doesn't rank you any higher. You're not more anointed. Nope. You just lack love, which means you have absolutely nothing. And you are nothing. Exactly. Finally, verse 3, he says, if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Now, this is actually Greek hyperbole. Mm. When he says, if I give away all I have, he even means the clothes on his body. If he's and he even talks about in the oh where is it it's in the same in the greek it it there's a there's a visionary term there, yeah that if you were to even give away all you had, including your food, and go down and spoon feed the poor, yeah, but you have not love in doing it right there's this hyperbole happening here this and then he calls out martyrdom even if I were to give up my body to be burned right. Mm-hmm. All these extents, but have not love, I have gained nothing. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to emphasize something. Paul mentions that if we do have love, we do gain something. Mm. If we don't, we gain nothing. Yeah. So once again, you're seeing that love is not just this this negation, this like selflessness. You know what I mean? It is you are gaining when we love. Yeah. But he's saying if you don't have love you have gained nothing. And that, with that, you got to go back to to Matthew five and six and seven yeah. and read about those treasures in heaven that we yeah. get, you know, and, all and the rewards. Yeah. And just think that if you do you live in poverty, your whole life, because you give all your riches to everyone else, do all those things, but do it without love. There's no
0: reward. And in, an, in another translation, they'll use the word martyr. Mm. or basically someone who's willing to give up their life for what they believe and what they're standing for and that gives a sense of let me take that place instead of somebody else essentially that's what a martyr was like let me take that place i'll I'll die for it for these people that are being persecuted or whatever may be the case and and, and, in a loving standpoint man that person really did sacrifice their life so that some could be spared maybe you know what i mean or maybe so that that could be encouragement to others but it's saying that even if you do that but you did not love you didn't gain anything it didn't do any effect i mean i'm willing to say that people of the faith if they see that person killed or burned like the bible said man they'd probably be happy because man that person was not loving at all thank god they got rid of that guy yeah but if that was a loving person man how that would encourage believers that were being persecuted especially during this time you know what i mean
1: man seriously yeah
0: <laughs> and so that's man love, love right dude. it's it's
1: it's everything and so i do want to do something before we move on in first corinthians 13 i do want to do something really quickly yeah um i want to i want to talk about why from a biblical standpoint why love is necessary right um like why is it a requirement when we talk about it what's the requirement of love well number 1 have all the gifts in the world. Yeah. Jesus never says by your gifts, they'll know you're my disciples. Mm-mm. What does he say? John 13, 35, your love for one another will prove to the world yeah. that you're my disciples. Yeah. I run in a lot of reformed circles, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm all game with that. You know, it's whatever. Um, but it's really interesting to me how much they love doctrine But all they want to do is spot out and call out heresies and heretics and all Mm. this different stuff. And I'm like, man, you're really just walking around looking for ways to pick fights with people. And it's funny because Paul mentions earlier in 1 Corinthians – Knowledge makes us arrogant, but love yeah. builds others up. Yes. Right? And so yeah. when all we're doing is walking around filled with knowledge and puffed up and making picking arguments, like please, to all my reformed brothers and sisters listening, yeah. I'm not trying to be mean toward toward the reformed group. I'm just saying if you're you can have all the knowledge of of Calvin in the world, if you're lacking love, Calvin himself would say you're the heretic, right? Yeah. And so we don't want to be hypocritical like that. You are not, you are not known to be a disciple of Christ just because you know a lot of things. You're known to be a disciple of Christ because of your love for one another. Yeah. But go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was also going to move forward. Love is also the mark as to how people know that we know God. God right yeah uh first john chapter 4 verses 7 and 8 dear friends let us continue to love one another for love comes from god anyone who loves is a child of god and knows god but anyone who does not love does not know god mm-hmm. for god is love man there's i don't know it's either james or first john again where it even says that if you claim to be a follower of Christ, but you hate your brother, you're a
0: liar. You're a liar. How you, can you... Yeah. How can you love someone you've seen? No. How can you claim to love someone you haven't seen if you can't even love the person you see? Yeah. Yeah. You are so You have to understand,
1: we're not just trying to push up love and be like, love people. We're yeah. saying that if you don't have love, you're not even a believer. You you haven't been saved yet. Yeah. Right? So that's the I mean, there's your starting point. if yeah. you're if you're listening to this and you're going, man, I don't love people. I'm very critical, I'm very harsh, I'm very judgmental, I'm very resentful, I'm very bitter, I'm very this or that. Yeah. Maybe possibly you're in a uh, uh, you're in a slope a slump right now, right yeah. Repent, confess move toward Jesus Christ. But there's also a large possibility if you've never loved yeah, and you just grew in knowledge really fast and you think that's the mark of your salvation, it is not. Mm -hmm. Love. Man, if you don't love, you don't belong to Christ. Yeah. If you don't love, you don't belong to God for God is love. If you don't love, you don't know Christ or you don't know God. Yeah. And so please understand, man, we're not just trying to push this idea of love to make something challenging. We're pushing this idea of love because I don't want you, Gamma doesn't want you to get to the end of your life, to stand before Christ and to say, look at what all I did. And he says, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Yeah. Right? That was like our second episode we did. Was yeah. that hard saying? Yeah. So if that's like a tricky spot for you and you're like, wait, what? Then go back to that second episode and listen to it. Yeah. Uh, because this is, this is serious, man. It would be such a shame for you to live your whole life having deceived yourself thinking that you're following him.
0: And you know what's crazy? What's most crazy about that is that the people that will be the ones telling Jesus, "Jesus, I did all of this." The saddest part about that in my opinion is that they really went their whole lives thinking they had it made. Yeah. Only to find out Jesus never knew them. Yeah. And that's a big deal, guys, and you got to come to that through that. You got to come to that encounter. Mhm. As a believer, at least once, it shouldn't need to happen more than once, but at least once you have to have that encounter, like, what if I think I'm going to heaven, but I'm not? Because in having that fear, you will learn that those who go to heaven are one, those who do the will of the Father. What is the will of the Father? To love God and to love others. You come to find these things out, and when you start to do them, you have a confidence and you have an assurance of your salvation. We had another podcast on that. So for real, guys, like... You're probably listening to this podcast. You're like, no, I'm good. I know I'm good. Well, so do the people that confronted Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus said, I never knew you. That's yeah. not the defining factor of your right. salvation. It's really not. Just to feel comfortable and think that you haven't made is not the defining factor. Your love towards one another is the defining factor because yeah. that is the will of the Father. And let me highlight
1: a phrase, too, just out of Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Mm-hmm. I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. lawlessness. Right? Now, that's a key word there. Uh, and so let me, let me use that word. And let's reference back to our Trinity podcast really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh when he says lawlessness, he means chaotic or out of order. Yeah. When if you want the perfect example of what love is, you look to the Trinity. Yeah. Who is in perfect harmony, right? To to be lawless is to lack harmony, to lack order, to go against the grain or to go against the system. Yeah. And so if we're if we are lawless, then we are not acting in light of what love is, which means if you're casting out demons prophesying in his name and doing many miraculous Mm -hmm. works, but you're lawless, that means you're probably doing it for your own ministry and for your own glory and for your own selfish ambition. That is not harmonious. It is not for the sake of the body. It is not for the glory of Jesus Christ. Right? What do we see the Father doing? We see the Father glorifying the Son. What do we see the Son doing? We see the Son glorifying the Father. What do we see the Spirit doing? We see him glorifying and pointing us to the Son. You know what I mean? Like, you see no one's going for the spotlight out of the Trinity. mm -mm. And so you could have have all these gifts, but if all of it is just to put you in the spotlight, then it's not out of love. Yeah, and therefore you're a worker of lawlessness. Yeah, and therefore he never knew you. Yeah. So we we have to come to terms with the requirement of love in Christianity. It yeah. is absolutely necessary. It cannot be overlooked. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree.
1: So let's define it, uh, and we're going to do that by going through uh, verses four through seven. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13.
0: Now, I know a lot of girls got this oh, yeah. memorized, memorized or on their yeah. Bible cases. And here's the thing. y'all.
1: It's because y'all are looking for this in a guy. And I'm going to tell you this. You better not sell short on that. I want you to hold them to this exact yeah. standard. And don't you dare drop that standard. Yeah. If they fall short of this standard, do not move forward. Ladies, I am protecting you. Trust me. I'm a guy <laughs> and we are horrible. So yeah. just... Man set very high standards and please don't bow down. Men, if you're bothered that I'm telling ladies to not
0: compromise, then you just need a man up. So yeah. um And by the way, for the girls out there, looking at first Corinthians thirteen, four through seven. Holding a guy to these standards does not mean you're holding them to too high of a standard. Correct. It's not a high standard. It's a high standard for a lot of guys. Yeah. But don't be discouraged by that because I know a lot of girls are discouraged. Man, maybe my standards are too high. Mm -hmm. Do not compromise someone who who will drift you away from Christ. Right. Because you were willing to settle for less. Don't settle for yeah. less. That is the standard that Christ gave us. He would not have given us this if he didn't want our standards to be there. Yeah. So encouragement for y'all. Absolutely. And know that if you're not living according to this too, don't, don't bother. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, Don't bother. Don't yeah. even expect somebody. If you're not patient, don't expect your partner to be patient.
1: Nah. nah. All right. So I'm going to read the passage real quick. Uh, Paul says this. He says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast is not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not irritable or resentful it does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things and then Mm -hmm. into verse eight love never ends yeah man, I want to unpack this, but I feel like if we unpack it word for word, this is going to take a, a It'll be a podcast that lasts at least a year and a half. Yeah. If so, we did, yeah. yeah. Uh, but just let, I, I also don't think it's necessary for us to define each word. Um, I just think it's very necessary to look at a few key things. Oh yeah. Uh, love is patient and, and it is kind. Right. And I, I want to apply this to friendships, but I know that we have a lot of younger listeners, and so let me most certainly apply this to relationships, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's going to be very important. If what what like what is patience, right? Yeah, patience is going to be one sexually. Yeah, that's a locked bet. Yeah, patience. It better be applied sexually. Yeah, it better be applied sexually. Yeah, but it also needs to be applied with shortcomings Mm -hmm. right now that doesn't mean and and let me say this again this goes for guys and 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 girls alike yeah if you if you have a significant other that you are in a relationship with and they are legitimately fighting to grow in sanctification to grow in christ be patient with their shortcomings. Mm. But if they are just sitting and making excuses that, oh, my sinful nature and I'm just a sinner and blah, blah, blah. Mm. They are not embracing grace. Yeah, They are not embracing the death and resurrection of Christ. They are not embracing regeneration. Nope. They're making excuses to dwell in their sin. Get out. Get out. Get out. There's no other option. No. no. That got... person is not ready for a no. relationship. Now, if you're married to them... Be patient. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you You've, no. you've made the commitment. Yeah, but that's a different story yeah, when we're, you're married. we're talking pre-marriage here. Yeah. Love is patient. And so it should be okay with your shortcomings. It should be okay with your quirks. It should, All those things should be there. Love is also kind. It is very gentle. It is very nice. It is very hospitable. It is very welcoming, right? Yeah. Kindness is very such Very smiley. An, yeah. Kindness is such an attractive quality. Yeah. And that's coming from me. Who is a very intense personality, right? <laughs> but if you ever meet me off the stage or or out of, I, I don't think I'm too violent on the podcast, but I feel like by Christ's power, I'm a fairly kind person, right? Yeah. So don't mistake it in in certain areas. Kindness is what you're going to see more than anything when it's one on one or small small group settings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, love does not envy or boast yeah now i'm just going to be straight up that one stabs me in the heart man yeah because i get around pre- people who are more gifted in, than me in teaching or preaching or that like what we've talked about on the idolatry podcast that yeah. have uh, a stage that i want mm. and i mean envy rises up in me quick when yeah. like i liked what y'all were talking about on sunday night like it should never like if and, and this was something i was even reading last was it last night What was i reading I was reading something last no yesterday morning. Yeah. I don't remember when I was reading. Oh no, it's this morning in First Samuel, <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, uh, but man, Saul, King Saul, was mad over David's victory. Mm. And when when Jonathan confronted King Saul, he's like, "Don't you get it that through David?" God brought a victory to Israel. Why aren't you happy about yeah. that? Like this is God's victory, but all Saul could see is no, it's David's victory, and it should be mine, mm. right? Yeah. And I, man, that is a struggle for me. Like, legitimately, that is a struggle for yeah. me. Uh, and I think because, I, I mean, I, I, it's because of sin, obviously. Yeah. But just because of all this, like. I guess I'm, I'm, you know, as bad as it sounds, I'm used to being in the spotlight. Yeah. And so sometimes when that spotlight's not on me, I'm like, ah, but I, that's also me forgetting who the spotlight's really meant for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so this is, man, when I say that, like legitimately love does not envy or boast is very it's a difficult one for me that's a very hard one for me
0: yeah and i always love to reference to i think i said already on a podcast i'm just gonna briefly mention it again but i love whenever i got to um see phil Wickham live in a Mm. concert we got to be part of a little vip session and my friend alex he asked him because there was q a he asked him he's like hey man like how do you control pride or how do you not let it get to your head when you come and you perform and everybody's coming for you, like everybody, all this. And he says, Well, he's like, You're coming? What am I what am I doing? He's like, I'm worshiping. Yeah. This is about Jesus, it's not about me. So I have to remind myself who it's about, and it's never been about me. How selfish I'd be stealing from God if I came using his name, but for my glory. Yeah. It should be using our name for his glory yeah. you know what i mean and so i know that that's that is not just for you man but that that that's a big thing for a lot of people yeah and dude church nowadays has become a competition man, dude. Is, bro it's like, like a it should be a race to christ but mm. man it's just a race to a like you said like a bigger yeah. stage man and it's so bad yeah. christian
1: celebrityism has done a lot of damage man yes. a lot a lot of damage And that's, you know, and I'll say it on here. I don't really care. Like, it's not like anybody from Passion is ever going to listen to us. (laughs) So, you know, there was just stuff. And this is nothing against Tim Tebow. I think he's a great guy. I really do. But it's like if Tim Tebow never would have been a previous famous football player, Mm. would he ever have been on the stage? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like at what point is everything seeming? And, again, I don't know. I'm not trying to judge the Passion guys. I don't know their heart. Yeah. But it's like, man – at what point are we overlooking so many faithful preachers of the word? Yeah, because this guy's got a bigger name.
0: But man, dude, I don't. I would not even want to blame it on them, bro, because they're only famous because attention was given right. to them. Because the people, right? The people, yeah. man. Like we've just settled for power and abilities, and we've settled for who can do it better, yeah, and stuff like that. It's and true. so, celebrityism exists because. Of people the people that yeah. worship them, you know yeah. what I mean, and stuff like that. Like, man, I know people are willing to spend thousands of dollars for a ticket to go see a Christian celebrity, man. man. But they put up the biggest excuses to go to church on Sunday yeah. morning, or to man. tithe to the or church, or to even tithe, yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, like I, it's, it's our own fault. Yeah. yeah,
1: and that's one thing Paul Washer talks about a lot is like, man, if people are going to idolize that kind of thing, eventually God's going to say, "Fine, here it is," and you'll have. A whole nation He'll
0: leave it to us He'll leave it And that's scary Yeah That's scary dude
1: Moving forward Love is not It is not arrogant or rude Uh, And those two things Are gonna run together Right Here's what you're gonna know Arrogant people are also Very rude people Yeah That's always how it works Because Mm -hmm. arrogant people Are all about themselves And anytime anything Interferes with that They're They're also a rude people They're defensive about it Yeah And I'm just gonna say this man (sighs) When it's you know, in our world, as 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 preachers, teachers, uh worship leaders, anything like that, your job is to be saturating your hearers with the aroma of Christ. Yeah. But your life off the microphone, off the stage, without the guitar or the keys or without any of it, yeah. should be doing the same thing. Yeah. When no one else is watching, yeah. and that's one thing that bothers me is when I see these people who lead worship and teach and all these things, but they're so rude and so arrogant when they're off the stage, yeah. right?
0: Like, it makes no sense. It yeah. makes no sense. Like, like, why are you doing that? Yeah, it's kind of like for real. Like, why? What is your reason? Yeah, like, why are you so rude? If you're preaching, and you know what that tells. Somebody is that they're preaching about someone they don't even know. Right. And a lot of teachers fall captive to that. To teach about someone you don't even know is so easy because, man, it's written all right here. And people are so smart like yeah they're intellectual yeah but they to know christ that's what it's about and you teach based off what you know of christ now what you know about the bible yeah and i know that for some people say like, no but you know christ by through the bible but yes that's true but then again you can also read the bible for selfish motives yeah absolutely atheists read the bible yeah. i know a lot of atheists read the bible so it's not even a really really about knowing the bible from from beginning to end backwards and upside down no it's really about knowing christ and if you know christ you'll be loving yeah and and such a genuine way. Yeah. And also know this
1: just for a quick little interlude. If you're not a loving person yet, yeah. or maybe you have seeds of love but it hasn't really grown. Yeah. Again, love needs to be genuine. This isn't you're not spraying on cologne. Yeah. It's growth of character and that takes time. Mm-hmm. So be patient and be praying. Be patient and be praying. This isn't something that God's not saying muster up love within yourself. It's just fake, and you're not love. God yeah. is. So we need to be patient and praying. It's a matter of dependence
0: on his grace. If you have love and you have Christ, it'll eventually be effortless. Absolutely. To show love to man. The way I show love to my brothers and sisters in Christ and as compared to how I would back then, it's just right now is unexplainable, bro. Yeah. Like, I just love... Everyone, like, I'm willing to even tell non-believers that I love them so much. I'm like, God bless you, dude. Like, man, because that's what love is. And it grows through time, just like Daniel said. It doesn't come from day to night. Like, It's not like you. And, dude, a lot of people are like this. They'll hear something, and all of a sudden they think that they've changed to be that. Man, Man. I know people um, in my head right now. Just because you heard it right now does not mean that you know how to love now. Yeah. No. You've been guided to the right direction. Now you got to take those steps. You don't teleport from one state to another. Right. You just, where you're at, you begin to look in the right direction. Yeah. Now you just got to start walking. Yeah. You won't fly there. You won't teleport there. So take it easy mm-hmm. and, and try to seek the way Christ loved yeah. in order to love correctly. Man, I like that.
1: It does not insist on its own way. Another one that stabbed me in the heart. Uh, because I have, as I have said on here, I can be a very manipulative person, mm-hmm. right? If there's a certain thing that I want to do, or I want it to go a certain way and I'm with a group of people, mm-hmm. I know exactly how to plant certain seeds to get everybody to think the way I want them to think. Yep. Right. Uh-huh. Um, I will say this by the grace of God and, and for the glory of Christ, 100% and praise him for it. I no longer use my manipulation abilities to hurt other people or for any major self-gratification right yeah. like i don't manipulate women into getting things out of them i would never do anything like that mm-hmm. i don't manipulate guys to go and do things that might be harmful for my own entertainment like mm. that's out of my that's out of my world now yeah. praise god praise god for that um, but i still do have manipulative tendencies in order to try and bring about certain circumstances mm. that i would want and that's something that I have to be killing because love does not dis- insist on its own way because yeah. that would be lawlessness, right? That yeah. would be lawless. That's not for the building up of everyone else. Yeah,
0: and that's a beautiful beautiful perspective, dude. And another perspective is even in, in a relationship, and I'm not just talking about a dating relationship. Right. I'm not even just talking about marriage relationship. Your relationship with your friends, how easy is it for you? To deny what you want to do for the sake of also what somebody else wants to do. Right. You know what I mean? Like, how easy? Because I know for me, dude, that was a struggle. Like, I want it my way or no way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't, love doesn't insist on its own way. Of course, there's discernment that needs to happen based on the situation that you're in. Maybe it's homework at school, maybe it's something in ministry, but whatever it may be, is it because, are you doing it because you wanted it so badly your way? Or are you doing it because you're whatever, you're cool with whatever, which, I'm sorry. Or you're doing it because you're cool with however the Lord wants to do it, which it could be through somebody else's way. Yeah, you know. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. And that's humility right there, right? Man, dude, the Bible study that we have, man, uh, it was—it's not as big. It used to not be as big as it is now, but growing into it, I've had ideas. I've had ideas for it, and my boy Edgar, who's been in this for a very long time with me, has had ideas too, and I've had to renounce and deny certain ways that I wanted to do things. And I'm like, you know what? Let me, let me give it a shot. And dude, the Lord has blessed it. Yeah. Like when you really renounce just having it your way or no way, the Lord will work because you're giving him room to, right? You know? Yeah. So then love is not irritable
1: or resentful. I don't think that really takes a whole lot of yeah. explanation, but just know that love is always ready to forgive. Yeah. Right. Uh, And, I don't think it means like, okay, I haven't eaten in several hours and so my blood sugar's low and I'm kinda grumpy right now. But I think it also does have to do with when you are in those state of minds. You can just like I'm just gonna be honest, man. If you know you're in an irritable and grumpy mood, just let the people around you know and, and shut up. Right. Yeah. Like that's one thing for me. If I know I'm in an irritable or grumpy mood, I I'm just gonna try to stay quiet and not yeah. I don't because I know it's gonna I don't wanna snap at people. Yeah. Right. And so it's just one of those things where Just stop talking. Stop, you know, you. but it goes back to it doesn't insist on its own way. So maybe you've got preferences and people are rubbing you the wrong way when you're in an irritable mood. Well, remember, this isn't about you. Yeah. You don't insist on your own way. Yeah. So stop snapping at people. Stop being grumpy at people. Yeah. And be kind. Be patient. Be understanding. (laughs) Right?
0: Mm. It's all these things. It is, man. That it's You're everything. just going to
1: see them loop in together. Yeah. It doesn't. And then in verse six, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. I, I'm not going to waste a lot of time here either. But listen, if you just love to see people fall, right? If you just love to see people's ruin, what? That makes me mad. Yeah. Now, here's the thing that I could understand. I can understand when I see a false teacher be removed from a stage. Yes. I love that because I want truth to reign, but I don't want their destruction. Yeah. I'm not going, man, I can't wait for somebody to punch them in the face and kill them. So they go to hell forever under the judgment of God. Like that's not my hope. Yeah. I just want them off the pulpit to stop leading the people astray. Yeah. That's not hatred. That's love. Right. Yeah. Because their judgment is going to be stricter. And those people are being led astray into a, into a, it's a blind leading the blind and both are going to fall into a ditch. Yeah. You know, like, so just understand, man, if you're if you're just sitting around waiting to see the demise of the people you don't like that really you're just envious of and that's really all it is, or you just have harbored resentment toward them, yeah, that's something you have to work through.
0: You're a disgusting person. Man, that's, that's a the bad word thing. It, it is. It is. It's disgusting. When you have a heart of competition so far that you rejoice mm. when a brother and sister, maybe even they're caught in sin. Maybe even that. Let let's say your brother and sister was caught in sin and their their sin was made public through the Lord. And you rejoice at that? That's terrible, man. It man. Like it is. Even Pastor Jeremy Foster, he just got caught being unfaithful to his wife. Man, am I Am I giving God glory that we're able to work, that he's able to work in Jeremy Foster's life? Right. Because if it were not brought to light, it'd still be a secret. Yeah. So glory to God for that. But in no way, shape, or form did that bring joy to me. That no. broke
1: my heart. Yeah, for him, for his wife, for his children. For the congregation. For the congregation. All of it, yeah. I mean, there's there's so much damage that comes along with it. So you, we have to understand, like, for example, Jeremy Foster, you said... yeah if I wanted his stage and I rejoiced in that because now maybe I get it, like you're overlooking all the people that have been destroyed and hurt and broken through this scenario just so you can get your chance. Right? I was talking to one of my friends. She lives in uh, Denver, Colorado, Rachel Barham. I always want to say Rachel Branson. She's married. Rachel Barham. um, And we were talking about, uh carrying you know uh not necessarily open carry but just concealed carry blah 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 yeah and she was telling me one of her friends who like carries a gun looking for any opportunity to be able to use it to be a hero oh no and i'm like okay wanting to be a hero is a great thing but hoping that some crazed maniac would pull out a gun in an audience and start shooting people just so you can be a hero that's not a hero. That's not a hero. That's someone who's selfish, selfishly ambitious, is looking for a
0: spotlight yeah. and wants to be praised. That's evil. Very evil. That's evil because Very. that's a manipulative heart. It's it like, is. I'm willing to sacrifice these people yep. and, so their safety. That for, and their safety so that I can look good. That's man. just yeah. terrible, yeah. man.
1: That is. So if anybody's listening to that and that hits you, listen. <laughs> yeah. Don't get mad. Don't get prideful. Let it humble you, turn your heart to the Lord and pray, man. Yeah. That's, we all have those tendencies. Don't yeah. act like we're saying we'd never had them. Yeah, because we, we have all, them. Right, right. We're sinful, man. But if you're called out, man,
0: repent. Turn to Christ, right? Like be, yeah. be cleansed. And it's even easier to hope for wrongdoing in the lives of those who've maybe done wrong things yeah. toward you. Yeah. It's so dude. That happens with me, man. Sometimes things will happen that doesn't go a certain way. For people that have done wrong towards me And my flesh wants to rejoice Like yes That's what they get Because of the way they cheated, uh, treated me But it comes down to humbling ourselves And saying Lord bless them And back then I used to say Lord bless them In such a sarcastic way dude And it was not genuine It was not genuine It was not genuine at all I only did it so that I could That's a way of saying like You know Screw you Bless you You know what I mean No but now I've learned to say, even for the people that have treated me the worst way possible, I genuinely hope the best, and I hope that the Lord will, could work in them. And, yeah. and that didn't come from day to night. It right. took time. It really did take yeah. time. And yeah. I'm not, and, and I'm nowhere near the perfection either. No. Because even to the to this date, I have the tendency of rejoicing when people treated me wrongly. Bad things happen to yeah. them.
1: Yeah, 100. percent so then verse 7, I'm going to read 7 through the beginning of 8 just yeah. to kind of summarize this. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Mm. Love never ends. Yeah. This is another one of those things. Love bears all things. Why? Because it's patient because it wants to it wants to bear the burden to help carry, mm-hmm. not to prove itself, not to to be accepted by other people but simply because it's good. Yeah. Because you care about other people around you. Love believes all things. This is another one for me. Oh, yeah. Right? My personality in and of itself is very I do not trust people. Yeah. I do not trust people and so I'm way more on the cynical side. When it comes to where a lot of people are like, oh, wow, well, that person's great. I'm like, yeah, but I bet there's this. You know, like,
0: Bro, that's not too, love. Dude. Yeah, it's That's like, not love. I've grown up with a lot of skepticism, yeah. and I don't believe people when they say certain things. Yeah. yeah, Man, love believes
1: all things. Love hopes all things. Why? Because it's not it's not rejoicing in wrongdoing. It's not mm-hmm. rejoicing in people's demise. Yeah. It's, it's hoping for the best of the best of the best, which ultimately is the glory of Christ, yeah. right? And that is... That, I mean, that's a lot of things that would yeah. be a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Uh, but then love endures all things. Love never ends. Man, I like you have to understand what we just explained in four through seven is not like might you feel like, oh, my heart is warmed. Paul didn't mean it to be heartwarming. Yeah. Paul meant it to be confrontational. Yeah. To a group of, of very young spiritual hypocrites. Yeah. Very young spirited hypocrites. Yeah. He's confronting them in their sinful nature, in their selfish ambition, in their... I mean, listen, here's the problem with the Corinthians. They were not patient. They were not kind. They were envying. They were boasting. They were arrogant. They were rude. They were insisting on their own way. They were irritable. They were resentful. They rejoiced in wrongdoing. They hated the truth. They bore nothing. They believed nothing. They hoped in nothing. And they endured nothing. That's what was happening. Yes. Paul is calling them out. So when you... When you think 1 Corinthians 13 and your own life, mm-hmm. it shouldn't necessarily be heartwarming. Yeah. It should be confrontational. Paul yeah. is laying out the full, I don't want to say the fullness because this is an exhaustible list, but he's giving you a very clear mm-hmm. Picture of what love should be looking like. Yeah. And I promise you, in your life, it is not looking like that. Yeah. This should be confronting us.
0: It, and in one way or another. Yes. And you'd have to be close to perfect if you could only choose one thing on this Absolutely. list. Absolutely. There are a few things, a yeah. good chunk of things that you got to work on in this list. Yeah. And you will be working on it until the day of redemption. Absolutely. And so, if I can encourage you
1: into something for yourself, take this. This is actually something I'd done. I'd done for a for a while a few years ago, yeah, is I would just sit down at the end of the day and I would look through this passage and I would look at at areas of my day. Where I was not patient, where I was not kind, where I was envying, where I was boasting—different areas yeah. of things—and I would repent, and I would confess, and I would pray. Right? I would, I would ultimately push this message down in my heart and let it reveal, as Scripture should do. Yeah, discern the thoughts and the intentions of our heart, according mm-hmm. to to Hebrews four twelve. Yeah, I would, I would push it down in there that it would shine light and reveal and discern the thoughts and intentions of my heart. And it would bring me to a, a place of contrition, a place of prayer, a place of repentance that was so beautiful before the Lord. And a place of dependency on yes. the Lord. Yes, yes. Yeah. Man, remember something. Guys, I like, I like. let me go to this verse really quick. You have to remember something in the Christian life. Like this is so incredibly important. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Right, Paul is boasting because because Jesus just told him, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness." Yes, you guys, we we have to get off of this whole like, okay, love is patient, love is kind, so so am I. No, you're not. And as long as you're trying to be in your own strength, you never will be. Mm -hmm. You have to allow the word of God to break you, to make you weak, so that you cast yourself on the grace of Jesus Christ. That's the only way possible possible yeah it's anything shy of that right if you're trying to take it into your own hands and do it in your own strength you're falling into the deception of genesis chapter 3 which is the same exact deception satan fooled adam and eve with yeah take this into your own hands you don't need to depend on him yeah
0: exactly and this list right here first corinthians 13 4 through 7 is exactly what is the exact opposite of what the world is going to tell you love Absolutely, is. absolutely the exact opposite i mean this world tells you that love is sex. Yeah. That you only you are only called to love those who you enjoy having sex with. Right. When the Bible says you have sex only with the person you love, like in a in a romantic standpoint in in a way of marriage. I mean, what else does it will to you? That love is test driving. Yeah. Love is a test. You find out who you're going to end up being with for the rest of your life. Uh, love is a feeling. Oh, you know what's another one? That love is a choice. Right. And in a way, I could argue points as why that's true, but it's much more than that. Love is a commandment. Yes. And you choose to follow that commandment. Yeah. That's why it could be a choice, but not in the sense in which you can choose to love right. or not love. Right. That's not the choice you're giving. Yeah. You're giving the choice to either obey God's commandment yeah. or not. Yeah. Um. I don't know, there's a whole thing, and I know Daniel and I were talking about it. We want to do some podcast over sexuality, but mm-hmm. the whole thing that love is love and like you can love a guy if you if you want to. You can love right. a girl if you want to. You can love yourself more. I mean, dude, somebody just I heard, I don't know if this is true, I think it is true. Somebody married themselves. Like actually married themselves. They went to court and married themselves. I wish you guys could have seen my face on that one. <laughs> because that's like Like love all of a sudden is just all these very, very stupid things, and yep. I'm sorry for whoever I offend. Oh, I'm, no, I'm sorry for whoever's offended by the word of God right. because the word of God does not say that that yeah. is love. Like we just got done telling you what love is, and in no way, shape, or form is that what the world is telling you love is. Yeah,
1: yeah, man, I could go on for days on that. Yeah, just because pluralism in general, like I'm not trying to hate on the idea of pluralistic truth. Yeah, because I know a lot of people believe it, and I don't want to be. I don't want to be rude, you know, because that wouldn't be loving (laughs) JK, Uh, but I don't, you know, I really don't want to be rude. I don't want to, because I've been a fool a thousand times, you know, um, but man, if you're, if you're going to sit and say, no, love is whatever I want it to be. And it has a million meanings and you can't say it's one way, but then you're going to tell us that we're wrong. Why is it all of a sudden, if my truth about love says your truth isn't true, then mine's wrong. You know what I mean? Like, it's very contradictory in and of itself. Objectiveness
0: has to exist. Absolutely. Even whenever you... Even when you enforce that it doesn't exist. Because that's a whole topic we can get into. But relativism is... If you say relativism yeah. exists, you're objectively saying yes. that. You're saying that relative that the absence of relativism doesn't exist. You're yeah. objectively saying that. Yeah. So
1: it's like the, the claim that there is no such thing as truth. You just made a truth claim that truth can't be known. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. the whole thing. And, and it, it it correlates into this idea of love it really perfectly. Does. It does. Yeah. So love man, love is clearly explained in scripture. And so please, guys, use the passage rightly. yeah. don't use it to make yourself feel better about yourself. It should be convicting you, and it should be moving you into prayer. yeah. but also, it is way, way, way more than that. Man, and you are, you better know where we're going now. I'm oh man, I'm starting to grin. Love is so much more than just that, because love is personified in Jesus Christ, Mm. right? Mm. Uh, Think about this. like We are called to love, not by a God who's far off in heaven and just made up the commandment love. We're called to love because God is love. 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us, right? We don't know love. In 1 John 3, 1, John says that That, uh, what manner of I'm gonna turn to it really quick. Actually, I didn't put it in my notes. Uh, first John 3 1. See what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. And so we are, mm. here's the interesting thing about that. And when he says, see what kind of love the father has, he's actually saying in, in older translations, it's going to say, what kind of love is this or what manner of love is this? Mm. It's literally saying from what world is this love from Yeah. because it doesn't belong to our world. Mm. It came down from heaven, Look at that, right? Yeah. Our world doesn't know it. It's yeah. foreign to us. It's alien. It's yeah. something completely not of our world mm-hmm. until it came down in the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. We don't love until we are first loved by him. Yes. Until according to Romans 5, 5, his love has been shed abroad in our hearts by the spirit. We cannot love. Yeah. Yeah and where is love most clearly seen right people go how do i know god loves me man look back 2000 years ago to christ on that cross yeah right think about every i mean think about think about when they're nailing him to the cross right when they're about to kill him like they did it out of pure hatred for him yeah. pure hatred what does he say father forgive them for they know not what they do right what what in the world what did uh what did 1st corinthians 13 say uh, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. Love does not insist on its own way. It's not rude. It's it's patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not yeah. arrogant. Like all these things, love. What do you see Christ doing when he's praying that prayer? Yeah, exactly. Right? That list. That patience. That patience toward those who are crucifying him. He's praying for their forgiveness. In the gospel is where we see the greatest act of love as he says in john fifteen thirteen there is no greater love than to lay down one one's life for one's friends yeah no greater love than that but again let's amplify something really quickly Romans chapter five verses six and eight for while we were still weak at the Christ at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Then down to verse eight. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, yep. Christ died for us. Look, here's what he doesn't say. He doesn't say in that while we were still trying to to follow God. Yeah, Not while we were still trying to be good people. Not while we were still trying to keep the law, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What is a sinner? A sinner, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 7, and I'm just going to go there really quick. Romans 8, 7, let's look at this. Uh, for the mind that is set on the flesh or the sinful nature is hostile toward God. Yeah. The sinful nature is hostile toward God. What is a sinner? A sinner is someone who's controlled by the sinful nature, which means that a, a sinner is someone who is hostile toward God. And God died for that Dang. person. Dang. While you were still hostile toward God, Christ died for you. Man. The love that Christ has for us is far beyond just laying down his life for friends because we weren't friends toward him. Mm. He was friendly toward us. Yeah. We were not friendly toward him. Yep. And we have to see the greatest act of love is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let me just say this, to bring this toward sort of a closing point, I guess. Yeah. Right? Right if we're believing if we're believing uh actually let me see if i can find the passage um let's see yeah here we go so there's a parable uh that jesus shares with peter when it comes to matters of forgiveness yeah right so peter comes up to to set the set the context matthew 18 Peter comes up and he says, Lord, how often should I sin for forgive my brother if he sins against me, right? Should I forgive him seven times? Yeah. Peter knows seven's a magical number. So Peter literally thinks he's coming with like some divine revelation. Jesus could be <laughs> like, man, Peter, you are so how smart. How did you know? Right? <laughs> and so Jesus responds to him. Listen to this. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven times. In other words, Continually. Yeah. Continually. And also know this, Jesus would not say forgive him continually unless he were also willing to forgive you continually. Yes. We find so much forgiveness in that. And so then he shares this parable. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, I'm not going to go into all the math there, but just know this. 10,000 talents is an impossible amount of money. Yeah, Jesus is given an enormous hyperbole to where when the listeners heard that, they would go, Come on. 10,000 talents is impossible to owe somebody. Jesus has given them something giant. So there's a guy that owes this ruler 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had in payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay everything. And out of pity for him. The master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. An infinite, an impossible amount of debt forgiven. Yeah. Verse 28. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. That's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing. And seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until the day he should pay the debt. When his fellow servant saw what what had taken place? They were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, "You wicked servant! I forgave you that debt because you pleaded with me. And you sh- and should you not have done the same and shown the same mercy to your fellow servant as I had mercy on you?" Yeah. And I'm just going to end it there. Well, actually, verse 35. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Listen love and forgiveness run hand in hand you cannot claim you cannot claim to experience this great alien love from heaven yeah. and not show it toward others you cannot claim to have have received this amazing forgiveness in christ yeah. and not show it toward
0: others yeah and and the parable in a sense is like you said is is telling us that we owe god an unpayable yeah. debt but why we have the audacity to go to a brother and a sister and say, I'm not going to forgive you because you talked bad about me. Like, how does that compare to the amount that we've sinned against our father? Yeah. And they did something against and we're not willing to forgive them. Like God has called us to love everybody. I mean, Luke six thirty two says, if you love only those who love you. Why should you get credit for that? Yeah. Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be great, and you will be truly acting as children of the most high, for he is kind to those who are for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Man, I almost didn't believe I was reading that. That's why I stopped. Yeah, because he's so compassionate to us who are unthankful and wicked. You know, and just
1: going off of something you've said in the past too. When this debt is forgiven to this servant, yeah, it's not like no one was penalized for that. Yeah, the ruler had to take the hit. Yeah, he was owed. He was owed ten thousand talents. To forgive that debt meant he is out ten thousand talents. Yeah, right. That's insane. That's an mm. that's an insane amount of riches. That shows such a generosity of forgiveness, such a love, right? Yeah. And so when we look at our sin and our our rebellion against the Father, someone took the hit for that. Yeah. Christ, right? Our sin wasn't just waived; it was placed on the head of another and punished. Yep. Man. What great love. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And let me just say this. Our love for one another should be nothing short of that. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Nothing. I don't want to hear excuses. No. I don't. I don't want to hear, yeah, but. It should be nothing short of that. Now, again... As we said in the beginning, love is not just making people people comfortable and happy. It's doing what's best for them. Yeah. If that means going out of your way to help them, if that means giving up your preferences, your conveniences and even laying down your life literally to death. Actually. Then you do that. If it means making enemies because you won't do and bend over for people just because you they want you to. Yeah. Then you do that, right? Yeah. That's what love looks like. Love will I and mean, love will cost you everything. But in it you'll also gain everything. Because yeah. what does it profit you to gain the whole world if you lose your soul? Yep. That's all I have on love. Uh I don't I, I don't know how to land that really. I feel yeah. like maybe that was landing it. Um, but man, I just I I'm hoping I'm hoping one, guys, that you're encouraged. Yeah. Because you see how great Christ's love is. Yep. But I'm also hoping that you're convicted. And realizing that you need to grow in love. Let's not settle. Yeah. Let's not settle for mere knowledge.
0: Yeah. Let's grow in love. Man, I, I'm trying to find a verse. You probably know where it's at, but it, literally that it says that it's not about knowledge. That the church is founded is built on love. Do you know where that is? Uh not off the top of I, my head. I've even tried googling it right now. I think it's either I. Uh, I want to say it's either 1 Corinthians 8 or Romans 14. But essentially what the verse is saying that it doesn't matter about the knowledge, it doesn't matter about the power that you have, that the church is built on love. Okay. Yeah, we, I don't know it off the top of my head. Man, I tried dude. to look it up, but. But I mean, essentially that's the reason for this podcast. To show you that, dude, if you were blessed with knowledge, glory to God. Mm. If you have a ministry, if you have a group of people that you're leading, glory to God. Like truly, yeah. glory to God. And and may the Lord bless any area that the Lord has p- placed in your hands. But if you don't love, you got it all wrong. Yeah. What our goal was with this podcast is to show you that like Paul said in, in twelve at the end of verse uh chapter twelve, there is no better way than to love. Yeah. And let me encourage you guys who don't have the intellect who don't have the 20 people that they're leading at the Bible study. Right. Let me let me encourage the people that do things in the background. If you are loving, you are doing Man. so much more yeah. than the people that we see on TV, yeah. that we see on social media, that lack, and that love. We, that lack yeah. love. You are doing so much better, and you keep doing it because you are very much in the will of God, and you are very much advancing God's kingdom yep. much faster than those others. And the beauty of love
1: one, it doesn't take intellect. Yeah. It doesn't take any kind of greatness. It doesn't take any kind of anything. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's not even inside your own ability. It has come from Christ, which to. means anyone can do it. It's foreign to us. Absolutely. And yeah. Absolutely. Lay yourself at the foot of that cross and pray daily that Christ would increase your love. Yeah.
0: You'll never, you'll never max out. Yeah. You'll never max out. Yeah. I love the verse that you just mentioned here earlier. It said that while we were still sinners... God died for us. Mm-hmm. Christ died for us, right? That's love intervening, and that changes us. Yeah. We we would still be hostile to the Lord if his love did not intervene. So I want you to know right now that in no way, shape, or form will you ever be able to bring someone to the feet of Christ if you are not loving towards them. Yeah. I know people that are out there on the streets. Out there at the schools, out there at the stores, holding a big sign saying you need to repent, you're going to hell in the most unloving way possible. No one's coming to Christ like that. No one. It's all about love. Let love be your drive, and you'll see that everything works out. If love changed you and you are obedient to Christ because of his love, through the love that you show, that'll be able to change somebody's life.
1: And let me—I want to—this came to mind— Praise God for the Holy Spirit here. Yeah. Um. I remember seeing this uh, podcast that actually David had sent me. Mm. Not podcast. It was a clip, like a reel. Yeah. Uh, David had sent it to me, and it was Judah Smith, and he was saying like some of us are so busy trying to figure out, like trying to focus on, do we love God? You know, how much do we love God enough? And do I love God? You know, all this stuff that we lose sight of looking at how much God loves us. Mm. And that's important because for some of you guys, you're struggling with loving people because you have a lot of bitterness in your heart because you feel like you're not loving God good enough. Mm. And the reason you're not loving God good enough is because your vision is too inward. Yeah. Right. You need to turn your vision outward to the love of God toward you and you just be the moon, right? You just reflect that. Yeah. That's, that's your job. That's all we are. Yeah. Let be overflowing with the love of God poured into you and that overflow is going to pour on everybody else. Yeah. And so you you may have to take your eyes off yourself. That may be what's going on for some of you guys who are really fighting to love others but feel yeah. like you can't. Um it's because again, you're I, you know, I'm not trying to say this to be in a mean way, but you're you're kind of self-righteous right now, yeah. right? It's kind of prideful. Yeah. Because you're trying to do it yourself, yep. not realizing it has to come from the Lord. Yeah. And so that's all I got. Um If you're good, I'm going to go ahead and pray, That's all I got. All right, let's pray. Father, we're thankful for another week, and we're thankful for everything you've given us so far. We're thankful for the breath in our lungs to get us through this, Lord, because you've given it to us. We are doing absolutely nothing right now to keep our heart beating and our brain functioning, but you, by your power, by your word that's sustaining us, you're doing that. And you're sustaining everything else that's currently functioning and living and existing in our entire universe. Lord, how great your power. And how great your humility. How great your love. Father, I pray that we would be so satisfied in how good your love is toward us so satisfied in just knowing you and knowing your love that it would bring us to a place of humility overflowing with love toward other people. This is by your power, Lord. I pray that no one, none of our listeners, no, no I pray that none of our brothers and sisters around the world are being deceived by Satan right now, believing that they have to muster up love within themselves by their own strength but that they are humbly casting themselves on you, humbly placing themselves under your hand and trusting in your power working through them as your apostle said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So may he be magnified through us and may our hearts be in alignment with you for your name's sake. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. See you all next week with whatever the topic is going to be. We'll see. See you all next week. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this podcast has served as a blessing to you. If you want to contact us or want more information, visit our website at storehousemedia.org or follow us on all social media platforms at Storehouse Media. Until next time, grace and peace.